Okay, mamas, ladies. After having three babies, I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found Skims. So right before I had Bear, Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort. And it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the, quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra. And it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn. It's seamless, flawless, perfect. You're going to love it. If you're a fan of no underwire, the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra. I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts, which is the color I usually go with, but they have a color for everybody. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, nursing, or none of the above, and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop down menu that follows, skims.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples and, and the, the things, things they, they go, go through. through. Don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're having a great day. Uh, today we sit down with Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. You may recognize the Roloffs from the reality TV show called Little People Big World. Since leaving that show, they have gone on to do huge things, including being... New York best New York Times bestselling author. Did yes. I say that right? Yes. New York Times bestselling author of a book called The Love Letter Life. Yes. We talk a lot about their kind of um, roller coaster of their relationship, going from reality television to then social media to then becoming parents in the public eye. We talk about all the different kind of job opportunities and um, their so-called workplace over the past few years, they have they talk a lot about how they're actually slowing down right now because they got so overwhelmed with all of it and reprioritizing life. Yeah, this is a really impressive couple. I think we kind of have a similar kind of niche that we're in as far as what things we talk about on our podcast and YouTube. Um, but I really respect these two. We actually were able to join them on their podcast show called Behind the Scenes a couple months ago. Really enjoyed getting to know them. And this was a great continuation of that um also recently it is worth noting that they came out with a marriage journal which is quote unquote the best the world's best communication tool for marriage and it's designed to do once a week with your spouse and it's just a cool communication tool uh for husband and wife to do together yes um i think you guys are gonna like this podcast they have a lot of great insights and opinions and just tips and tricks for relationships that we even took away from and thought, you know, it would better our relationship. Before we jump into it, please subscribe to the show and give it a rating on whatever platform you're listening. And let's jump into this one with Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. 
We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus, it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below, and let's get back to it. Jeremy, Audrey, thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to see your faces again. Oh, yes. yes. What a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Uh, I know you guys are on vacation, so... Thanks for making the sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys know, we're never really on vacation when we do it. Podcasting. I know. But then you're always kind of on vacation yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting is one of those beautiful things. You can kind of do it wherever. So. Yeah. It's pretty great. Wait. So didn't you guys just take a break from your podcast? We are. Yes, we are. Officially, this is the first week technically that we are in break mode. So we're taking yeah. the summer off. <laughs> what yeah. went into that decision? A lot. You <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> we've kind of been in this season. A lot of our listeners know we've been in this season of just starting to choose and focus on specific things. And we love the podcast. But as you guys know, it takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And we just we needed to reserve as much energy as possible to make some other decisions in our life right now. And we just figured, let's, uh, let's call it a season. So we're not like quitting our podcasts. We're just ending season four. So we've done this, we're in our fourth season and uh, given it at least a summer break. So I really respect that. I have been really thinking, uh, especially during the quarantine, where like at first we we're like, oh my gosh, we got to create all this content because people yeah. like need optimism and positivity. And then I feel like about a month and a half into that, I we hit rock bottom. Sean and rock I bottom. That's the screen. Wow, I wasn't aware. No, yeah, it was like like we got this. Yeah, the caught up with you. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but it was it's 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 tough, and it takes a toll on like my my, whenever we have a a podcast interview or we're about to film (laughs) content, it's like oh my gosh, like we got to prepare, and then it's like did I prepare enough? Oh, did I miss this? Am I gonna like? There's just, it takes a lot of mental space. Mm-hmm. It totally. does. And uh, yeah. so I, I respect that. Also, in light of, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this, if you've thought about this, but like Rachel and Dave Hollis, that whole situation yeah. of of them getting divorced and really, totally. Sean and I, they, they were doing a lot of things that Sean and I wanted to do with the marriage conferences and the, and the, and the Mm -hmm. books all about like having healthy relationships and what it's like working with your spouse. And, uh, it really made me pause when, when they hit their thing, it's like, Hey, uh, I never want to touch that ever. So what can we do to protect that? So I respect your decision. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. That did come 
as a bit of a shock. And I personally, Audrey and I have felt, we felt this for a couple months now, of, or really maybe a year. We've been like, holy smokes, we got to start pumping the brakes mm-hmm. and start evaluating. Because uh, four years ago, we quit the family television show in effort to do all of this, podcasting mm-hmm. and online and write books and mm-hmm. um, encourage and inspire. And uh, it's been nothing but fun, but it's come at a at a cost for sure, as everything does. Mm-hmm. And so we're definitely evaluating right now. And, and we shut down Always More, which was a, a company that it was based on Audrey's you know, life mantra, always believe in the more that's within you. From the verse Ephesians 3.20, we, shut, we mm-hmm. canceled our, our book contract and and, um, just trying to lean back yeah a lean bit. back and slow down because it all it catches up really quickly and uh, and it's so easy to paint pictures online and yeah. with what we with what we do and Aj and I want to as you just said stay so far away from that we want to stay yeah. as true to us and as healthy as possible so saying no to some things is definitely a requirement for us right now I was going to ask we, we were looking at the uh, you know the big news of you releasing or submitting the second manuscript yeah. for the book. But, um, Sean and I went through the phase of saying no, not too long ago. And in my mind, I was like, I'm saying no to these things or shutting the door to these things so I can open more doors. Yeah. And I realized that's the wrong mentality. Like that's the wrong mentality. <laughs> like, I just got to say no. And just, there's something to be said about being content and happy totally. with. Dude, the internet just makes us, it just shows you everything you're not, everything you could do, everyone you should be, everywhere you could go. It's just all of these anxious feelings and we're being bombarded. And then the news, we having, I mean, that's a whole other element of the anxiety problem. And it's like all day, every day, we're consuming a billion reasons of how we're less than. Yeah. It's- really a fascinating emotional problem a lot of our youth as we know is facing and we're facing the ones that are like in it you know and none of this is to say bad like we love what we do it's awesome i just feel like pacing ourselves Mm -hmm. we're we're 30 starting our family two kids we don't i'm not 30 yet yeah we don't need to take over the world by 35 and that's something we kind of like really embraced in the last couple months and made some hard decisions so well I mean, I don't want to, you know, linger on a topic too long, but I feel like we could dive into this very deep because Andrew and I have had a lot of conversations like this. I feel like when you're within, like when you're in this industry within entertainment or social media, your job is to create. So whether you're off work and you're not, you know, on your computer and you turn your cell phones off at five o'clock, you never turn work off. You can't. As soon as you turn it off, your career stops. And it's such this over-consuming career mm-hmm. where you're constantly trying to think of what image you're portraying, what you're saying, who you are when you go out to the grocery store because it, oh. it goes with your brand. And Andrew and I have talked a lot about when it comes to a podcast, what do we want to divulge? What do we want to talk about? because we're also putting ourselves on the line and we're being vulnerable and it's almost like marital therapy, but yet there might still be open wounds. Like I didn't know we hit rock bottom, Um, (laughs) but I I do think, I think it's a really complicated, Uh, it's a complicated, you know, 
time and career to be in, like you guys said, you're taking a step back to have perspective on the priorities. It's so easy to get lost that way. And it's so easy to be like, oh, I want to take over the world by 35. I have to do more. We have to make more. We have to create more. We have to, what was, if you don't mind us asking, the turning point for you guys where you said, we can't continue to do more. We need to take a step back for us. Baby number one. And yes. then it doubled with baby number two. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, think, I think that's a simple way to put it. Like yeah, very it simple. But obviously, I think like for us, we made a lot of big commitments and we sort of were like, let's dip our toes in all waters before we had kids and we had all the energy in the world and all the time <laughs> in the world. And we were very ambitious and we were like, okay, yeah, let's let's sign the book contracts and start the ministries and start a podcast and start all these, a clothing line and all these different things and kind of see which thing takes off or see which thing we decide that we want to be the most committed to or the most yeah. passionate about or, or focus on. And they all sort of not took off at the same time, but took off in their own way. And then we added a kid to that and we were like, whoa, we like committed to, we didn't think that all of these things were going to, it sounds weird, but like work in the way that they yeah. did. And we never intended to do all of them. We just mm-hmm. intended to kind of try and Figure see like what we wanted mm-hmm. to do the most. And so we had to go through this process of like, okay, we started all these things sort of at the same time. We need to slowly one by one decide which things need to go so that we can better focus on the things that yeah. we really feel like this is our sweet spot. This is like what the Lord made us to do. And this is the thing that we equally love and is going to give us the lifestyle that we want and yeah. the family yeah. dynamic that we want. And so, um, I mean, I think just having kids, you guys know, changes your perspective on so many mm-hmm. things. I feel like that was, was a really big turning point, but yeah, it, it was kind of a gradual, I feel like it was a little bit of a gradual process for us. We just kept getting in bed at night and you just said, it's so great. Uh, you can't like the second you turn, off your phone you turn off your career in some sense mm-hmm. as far as what we're supposed to do which is create and we just kept getting in bed at night going like this is kind of working but i don't like it <laughs> anymore mm-hmm. and so that was we woke up like that maybe i don't know half a dozen times before we were like we this is supposed to create a lifestyle we wanted but now we're not living the lifestyle we wanted that we set out to do in the first place so something's mm-hmm. got to change. So it's kind of that gradual realization for us. And, um, and we're really excited for our next steps. But saying no is, Andrew, as you just said, is such. It is an art. So mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's also just last thought on this. In <laughs> yeah. our line of work, the time where you can say yes to the most amount of things and you have the most opportunities is when you have, like, have a massive life event like another child. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we did that. We launched our podcast a week after we had a kid because I thought that was a great idea. And ended Wait. up being like, <laughs> you're Wait. blasting me today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a week home from the hospital and he's like, babe, we got to film a podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I, now in retrospect, it's like, no, that's not the priority. Like that is not the priority. And yeah. But it's great. Uh, and it's probably working and it's mm-hmm. fun. But yeah. There's the pros and cons. Anyway, one thing we have in common, Jeremy, I don't, I don't know if the girls could attest to this, is we both look better with short hair. 
So, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you had, hey, you had short hair last time we talked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, cut, I cut it by then. I think like the day before is when we cut it. But dude, it, yeah, it was fun. It was it was a good experiment, but oh, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing like getting out of the pool or waking up and just knowing I can go, I can cruise, yeah. so anything. But dude, and you. You had like those Frodo Baggins curls too, like the whole thing, man. Unmanageable. That's that, I didn't see it, but now I look back. On, it's funny because I always thought in the moment, like I'm gonna look back on this and think something, but now I'm not like, yeah, this is like the cover of our book. What was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Andrew has looked back on some pictures with his long hair, and he's like, "Why didn't you make me cut my hair?" And yeah. I'm like, "Well, I tried for like three years." Because one thing oh, I was Oh, you wanted it. I did. I Funny. love the curls, and I I was really sad. I would have hair. cut mine if it wasn't for. Audrey. I loved the curls, but huh. I, also just like everything, I like change. You know. Yeah. So like I feel like you know he had his hair long for three years, four years, three years, four years, a long time. Three three and a half years. Yeah. And I feel like it was just kind of like time, you know. But I loved. I yeah. like. I I don't know. I can swing both ways. It was the point at which I saw like a little receding hairline and then you like you walk down the street and you see like an old dude with a ponytail that's dude, like it's super when, it's yeah. when you start yeah exactly. <laughs> it's when you start seeing like the, a lot of people that don't do it really well where you start to like, realize hmm, I don't is this me is this me <laughs> maybe I'm the one walking around yeah and I was like babe yeah 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 it is yeah it is i have to say i haven't this is my favorite when you laugh like that and you've done that three times oh and thanks. This is the first, I, I haven't made her laugh like that in okay yeah i don't, I don't um, know how many months <laughs> yes. um, okay so i am curious yeah. how did you guys meet we have to take it back yeah take it back well we sean i got a question for you okay what is it on a scale from chug to sip <laughs> How would you rate your hydration style? Um, interesting question. I would say I'm a sip girl. I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day. What about you? I would say I'm a chug type of guy, yeah. no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good, and I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon-lime, and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code EASTFAM at liquidiv.com. met on a blind date before church, essentially. It was a blind... Yeah, it was a blind date before church. We had mutual friends that uh, one grew up with Jeremy and one grew up with me, and they started dating. Uh, his One of his best friends that he grew up with transferred to my high school and started dating one of my best friends. So they were my friends, and they were like, you guys would be perfect together. And neither of us were really looking yeah, to date. We neither of like, us had ever been on a blind date before. We both nah. almost bailed last minute. 
Jeremy showed up at my door. I answered the door soaking wet and covered in mud in my running buns and sports bra because I just got back from like an eight mile run. I was, I was a runner in college. Fashionably early. And Jared was like, who the heck is this girl? I hope this is her sister. And it wasn't, but we had our first date. It was not like love at first sight. We were definitely interested it, in each other, yeah, but it, it wasn't like... It was interest at first sight for sure. Like I was, I was totally intrigued. Like who in the world? I should probably know more about her. <laughs> and then, uh, Wait. I have some questions first. Can we, yeah. as a girl, like the logistics of this, I started sweating at the idea that he showed up early enough that you had just gotten out of the shower. Listen. No, no, no. I wasn't. No. I didn't shower. I didn't get out of the shower. I got back from the shower. How did we, how did we pull Listen, this off? She hadn't even showered yet. And that hasn't. How early were you? Six, five years of marriage and that hasn't even always, changed. I'm always running late. Literally She's getting late. out of the shower and I'm like, babe, kids are loaded, cars on. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, yeah. No, I had literally just, I mean, he could have answered the door and no one could have been there. My family was all out of town and I had like literally just gotten back. And I, I literally answered the door and I was like, hey, I'm not ready yet. Like, go inside, make yourself at home. I'm going to go get ready. And then I just like left him in my parents' kitchen. So I walked to the kitchen. Well, yeah, make yourself at home. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm walking around the kitchen like, what in the world? Um, 100% by myself. Blind date. The whole thing was just not how But then our friends met us, so it was like a double blind date. So they, and they made it last off. Yeah, yeah. And then we had the blind date. It's actually then- one of my favorite stories in the book because we obviously tell the whole, the whole meet and – it's a it's a laugh. I read it still, and I'm like, man, babe, that was a funny meet. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was a it was a. We kept. I kept that. I mean, really, I was. I just that was my. I started pursuing her, and that was kind of my. You know, it, it was her that. What am I saying? <laughs> Audrey was not into me. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not true. I wasn't not into Jeremy, but I wasn't really like in a place in my life where I was like trying to find. Well, I had, like kind of over spiritualized dating a little bit and yeah. I like put a lot of pressure on the next person that I dated and I was like this next person I date is going to be my spouse. Yeah. And so wow. I just had like this like really stubborn like kind of prideful attitude and hence Jeremy pursuing me for 2 years we were friends before I even was like I kind of like you. And then we finally started dating after 2 years of friendship and then we did 3 years long distance yep. and graduated college and got married the month after. I feel like a lot of people over spiritualize dating. Yeah. Yeah. Especially how'd you get over that. It's great. We learned through it. I don't think we really got over, like during it, it was a problem for me. Not so much for Jeremy, but like into our dating relationship was definitely a thing for me. Yeah. We a talk lot about of, a lot I think a lot of it's perspective. I, yeah, I think yeah, we do talk about that exact concept actually, but in our book. But I think a lot of it is perspective. And what I mean by that is you know, the over-spiritualization of dating is we should take it somewhat seriously and we should be somewhat careful and critical and not go, you know, but also you have to like meet people, know people and the difficulties of it and the dangers, I think specifically in a sexual based culture has totally outweighed the risks. So a lot of people in the Christian circle are looking at the risks Mm-hmm. And then taking the act of going on a date so serious because mm-hmm. we're, we see this huge pile of risks involved. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's something I see at least just recently. And really just because, I mean, I mean, everything is just so sexualized. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you well, can't- I mean, I even, I even have a friend who is in the dating world 
And she does the same thing. Someone will ask her out and she's like, oh, I can't. Like, he's not, I know he's not the one. I'm like, she just overhypes it so much. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with going and meeting a human being. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Like, no strings attached. Yeah, we're we're forgetting how to do that, though. Yeah. But I I think... I think as long as you're going to meet another human being with the expectation that you're just going to meet another human being and like, it's not for like, Oh, let me go hook up with this rando. Yeah. For friendship. Which I feel like it's kind of a mixed (laughs) bag. It's like, that's kind of the expectation is, Hey, we're going to hook up because whatever it's fun, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's just way more actually enjoyable. If, if it's like, I like coffee dates, Freaking, that was my jam back in the day. That was your jam? (laughs) Wow. Okay. I I do feel like, though, if more people set the expectation of going to meet another human being, they would end up in relationships. Yeah. Because if you go in thinking, oh, this is going to be my husband someday or something. I mean, yeah, I would... I'd have a heart attack. Too many people are looking for a husband and wife. They're not looking for a friend. And we all know friends are the foundation of relationship. So if you're, if you go out looking for a friend, pressure's off and you might find yourself with a husband or wife Mm -hmm. that you're best friends with. I know it might sound a little like, okay, but seriously, (laughs) we're going, we won't go coffee dates because we're like, they're not husband or wife material. And it's like, well, at first, you have no idea why you insta stalked them mm-hmm. for a quick second. <laughs> yeah. Go hang out for a minute and see, yeah. see what, what comes of it. And then you might find yourself in love. And again, that goes back to the classic you can't choose who you fall in love with, but you can spend who you can choose who you spend time with. Audrey says that a lot. And I think it's so true. But st- all like right, just- Audrey, true or false? I want you to answer this question first, and Jeremy, you answer it. Yeah. Uh, a male and female can platonically be friends in general yeah, yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> uh okay wait how can i refine that to i don't think <laughs> that the if, answer if I, you want i don't think that i don't i know ahead. what you're trying to ask <laughs> yeah. um i think yeah so we actually we also talk about this in our book just because it's relevant to our own story and our own dating relationship um so it's something that we've shared vulnerably in our book, but, um, I think it's just something that you have to be careful with. Like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of guy friends and to be honest, like my personality, I tend to almost like connect with guys better than girls sometimes. And same, that's like a thing for me. Um, and then Jeremy has a lot of girlfriends too. And we, and even in marriage and dating all the way through. But I think what gets tricky is when you just don't have any sort of boundaries for those types of relationships and not to specify it to like me having relationships with my male (laughs) friends, but like also boundaries for me with my female friends. Like if I'm spending more time with my girlfriends than I am with Jer or Jer's, you know, sacrificing date night every week to go play poker with his friends, like there needs to be boundaries on those relationships too. So I think like what it really comes down to is just like boundaries in general for your relationships outside of your own marriage to in order to protect and prioritize your most important relationship, which yeah. is your marriage. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that too. You guys have mentioned your book a couple of times. The book is yeah. for those listening, a love letter life. Uh, I would love for you guys to talk about that, but I do have to say we were watching the trailer for the book. You guys are on, I don't know where, what beach that was shot at. 
Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's from, Oregon Coast. Really? Beautiful. It's, it's like 40 minutes from where we live. Yeah. Yeah. The you Oregon guys are, Coast, if you guys have never visited, it's a coast. It's a coast. So it's like. Oregon sucks. Don't move here. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Uh, you guys yeah. are just laughing the whole time. Audrey's hanging out the side of a freaking moving vehicle. She's in. You remember that shot? Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Her, this her is brother, her brother shot that. <laughs> He's an incredible filmmaker. But um, yeah, back to we'll get into the book in a second, but the back to the you know platonic relationship thing. I think Audrey and I really our heart behind even telling that whole story in our book, we spent an entire chapter kind of really trying to address the, the topic because we noticed that so many people, when they get on the other side of fidelity or they get on the other side of problems in their relationship or they're falling out of love, 90 plus percent, I want to say 99%, but just to be conservative, 90% plus of them don't really know how it happened. It's just like, how did I end up innocent, here? You know? accidental, seemingly insignificant choices built a friendship or built up decisions over the course of years. And then you find yourself in, 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 in an affair or in problems or being closer friends and connect and um, just, you find yourself growing away from your spouse because that's what you've chosen in the micro moments year after year after year after year. Mm -hmm. So our heart was just to say like, Hey, if you're not consciously aware that you fall in love with those you spend the most time with, like there's nothing, there's no uh, obligation to stay in love with your spouse. There's no mm -hmm. obligation. There's no like require, like your, your heart doesn't just choose your spouse, mm -hmm. your decisions do. And so we were just trying to say like, Hey, the insignificant decisions that you make do add up over time. Mm -hmm. And nobody sets out in, to intentionally have an affair. Mm -hmm. It's an accident. It's not an accident. It's choice. But to, because of all the small little micro choices you make that, that add up to it. Sorry for the little soapbox, but I feel like yeah, that's an important, that. it's an important point to get across because that was our heart behind it. It's just to say like, hey, be friends with whoever you want, but like also just think about it. Like just think about who you're spending all your time with and whatnot and what it could end up you know, to be. I want to be 55 with my best friend here love and life because I've, I've we've guarded our relationship and we put boundaries and our kids are all and grandkids and all this stuff like we have this vision for what we want to create and so we're going to try to be as intentional as possible without being religious about it you know so mm -hmm. that's our heart behind that but man i like that a lot uh i've been feeling that a lot with i mean having a kid changes a ton but especially within a with, within a marriage where you just have less energy generally and so when oh. sean and i get into a conflict there's always like that one moment where I'm either going to be, all right, we're going to work through this in a healthy way. Or, uh, part of me wants to say, no, you don't like, you don't have the energy for this. Don't do it. And like, it is such a battle every single time to, to make myself realize that if I don't have this healthy conflict, it's a little wedge that I'm mm -hmm. putting in our relationship. So like, again, they're healthy conflicts, but like they need to be yeah. had and I need to respect Sean and Hey, Andrew, I didn't like how you did that. I can either be like, all right, well, let's talk about it or not, not right now, babe. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't yeah. have the energy. So yeah. Who's point. the person that like wants to talk about the conflict and process it through. And who's the one that's like, I need time. I always want to talk about it. I want to like be a dead horse. I want to make yes. sure it's solved. It's never coming up again. 
we love each other. We're going to like cry it out. We're going to laugh it out. It's going to go on way too long, but I want to talk about it. The that's only way that's you. <laughs> oh, 1000%. Right. I, one of the things I have to tell myself, I want to hide is like, it under a bushel. Don't ever talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, yeah. we joke like Jeremy blinks forgiveness. He's like done. Over it, if under the rug. Forgiving you means it's I like, never have to think about it again. Done. Yeah. He doesn't want to. <laughs> like I know that, like deep down, like that's the uh-huh. best thing that's not going to be good later. So I have to like pry it out of him. But then also, like on the flip side, like when we do have a conflict, I'm a. I don't invite Jeremy into the conversation. I demand the conversation. So I'm oh, like, yeah, we're having this conversation. And I think this is one thing that's been like really, really helpful for us with that in our own specific marriages, our marriage journal, because every week we have a time that's like, we've invited each other to this time where like, we're not emotionally charged. It's outside of the moment of conflict. And we have an opportunity to address things that maybe didn't have the time to fully resolve during the week because of Jeremy's personality (laughs) or because of just life and kids. And I know, I know that every week, there's a set aside time where I'm going to engage in where he has to engage. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, but I'm choosing to do it too. Like I'm going to give, because I love Audrey. I am not good at this. I don't want to do it, but I will do it because I know healthy relationships on the other side. Yeah. So the marriage journal, yeah. For conflict resolutions really been huge for us, but you you guys have any tips on one thing Sean and I are terrible at is, all right, we have the conflict, like the issues we've addressed it. We've discussed it how the heck do we land the plane and like get back to watching Netflix or making yeah. a meal? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's, we, totally, we always totally. just like, it's, it's always a crash. Like there's it's tears like a, hmm. and then there's hugs and then it's like, oh, okay, let's continue watching Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know, man. If you guys yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, we, yeah, we, Aj and I, we have totally different styles of, um, of resolving and landing the plane, I would say. Yeah, well, I, wanna, I think that's a, that's the hard part of relationships. I mean, absolutely. summed up right there is you have two separate people, two mm-hmm. separate styles, two yep. separate hearts, ways of communicating, mm-hmm. things that anger you, things that frustrate you, things that you love, trying to live together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, there's it makes, no yeah, sure. perfect way to do any of it. It's messy cool. and rough, but... If you fight your way through it, it's beautiful. Yeah, totally. And I think that's like a really good perspective because, you know, that's, I mean, that's the whole idea is my way isn't right. Her way isn't right. I need to become, you know, less of me and and less of her as far as like a selfish desire, like Mm -hmm. me, my my way. And the collision of the two is, uh, is kind of the whole idea. (laughs) But Okay. So big question. You guys have been together during a TV show where your lives have been shown to the world. You put your lives out there on social media. You talk about it on a podcast. You have had babies. You have done long distance. You have written books together. You've done pretty much all of it. What are, what's the, the takeaway of all of it? What's the big like relationship advice you have summed up through all of your experiences so far and if that's not hard enough you, you can only use one single word yeah i put that on you guys on our podcast didn't i, didn't uh-huh. I <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Uh, God. Okay. Like, what's one thing we've learned about our own marriage through all that? Or just yeah. in general? Either. Oh, that's like lofty. Um, that is lofty. I, that's a well, huge question. I, well, you guys think. I just think it's really important because you guys have lived. Yeah. I feel like within one relationship, if someone has to overcome long distance, They've overcome this massive obstacle within, yeah. you know, their marriage or dating. You guys have gone through a lot of it. Having a relationship on a reality TV show is very difficult. Yeah. Having a relationship on a podcast, on social media, mm-hmm. having babies, getting married, mm-hmm. writing a book. All of it is. Speaking of babies, you hear that little guy? I know. He's, oh, I yeah, can he's hear him. Yeah. I think one, this is just a thought. This is what is the most fresh on my brain. So I'll just share it. I don't know if it's answering the question right. But I think one thing that Jared and I always talk about is like we that all that life that we've lived has presented a lot of opportunities for making decisions. And I think how you make decisions as a couple is important and like how you make decisions together. And we've just like through the years of even our friendship relationship and our dating relationship, like I feel like we've been presented with a lot of decisions. Like just, it seems like like our friends joke about it. Like we're always making some massive decision, <laughs> like whether it's yeah. to stop something or to start something or to, to Contract, do something or to yeah. move or to whatever. Cut Jeremy's and, hair. Yeah. <laughs> like there, <laughs> there, and, and I just feel like there's yeah. something about like, making big decisions together because it's not just been like me making my own decisions and Jeremy making his own decisions. Like all those things yeah. that you just listed were decisions ultimately that we made together to either pursue a thing or stop a thing. Well, and I think like chase a dream, I think that those deci- ultimately the process of making that decision has brought us closer together. And there's been conflict that's come through the making of the decision, but like we've learned how to make decisions together. Like we've gotten better at our process for making decisions over the years. And it's become something that has been less conflict inducing, more like unity building in our relationship. Um, And it's, I don't know. I I feel like it's just been a way that's allowed us to see our dreams as together dreams and like, through the process of making decisions that align with those dreams and like align with the vision that we have for the future. I don't know. Just a thought. Now I love That's it. That's some deep thoughts right there, Audrey. <laughs> you can crush that. Babe, you Jeremy, oh. match that, dude. I was like trying to play off like, that's good, babe. Yeah, we should wrap it up. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, no, um, I would just, I would go off of that and say, you know, one thing Audrey and I are, are, I would say good at, and we try to encourage, and I say that humbly, but something I think that the Lord's just given us is the ability to dream together really well. I have my own dreams. Audrey has her own dreams, but we have like our two or three, we have our two like big goals as 100% collective, you know, we both aspire to those two our two main goals. And um, that has allowed us to filter process and make decisions really collaboratively because we're chasing the same thing. You steer where your eyes are. Audrey and I- stare where you stare. You steer where you stare. Audrey and I are staring at the same goal. We're gonna gonna constantly be growing 
bumping into each other on our way to that goal. There's nothing about our two main goals that are going to drive us apart because we want the same thing out of our life because it's, it's our life, not my life, not her life. And I think dreaming together as a couple is something not a lot of people think about. You think, oh, like I want maybe like a happy family. Or you think like, I'm giving that. up my dream for your dream or you're giving up your dream for my dream, but like. Some one person's dream has to bend and you got to come up with something to chase for together because you, you steer mm. where you stare. And uh, I think that's something that's, that's, you know, helped us kind of do what we've done. And um, yeah, so take that. For it's just been important to us, I think. It's been important for us. And well, maybe it's not important. But, but now, I mean, <laughs> to Sean's point, now though, we're standing, you know, we've known each other for 10 years. We're now standing 10 years because we, we, when we first met, something we bonded on is a dream, was a dream together. Mm-hmm. So we've literally been dreaming 10 years and now we're seeing like, holy smokes, because we were chasing the same thing, like look at all the things we've been able to do and accomplish. Like what an, what an incredible story mm-hmm. so far. And we're really excited to write the rest of it. But. Is it a finite dream that you guys first bonded over and are still chasing? Or is it like a ambiguous, like... That's a good question. Yeah. You don't have to answer what the dream is if you don't want to, but yeah, one of the big two is, is to own property and raise our family on a farm. Like that's it. Yeah. That's that's what we, that's what we want to do. So a lot of our decisions year one, (laughs) since year one, a lot of our decisions have been, does this first of all, honor our relationship with the Lord? Does it honor our relationship together? And three, does it get us closer to that goal, that dream? Mm. And two years, a year ago, when we were realizing like, this is too much, how do we say no to things? That became a serious way we would start to say no to things, no to opportunities and filter out what we're really doing and realize like, we don't need to achieve this dream now. We might achieve it in a few years and that's okay if it's slower, if we're healthier on the road to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I've had it just, you made me think of a couple of things. One I remember being like 20 years old and, and looking up at like a, like some of my mentors and be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they know that much or have these many connections yeah. or have built all this stuff. Yeah. Like, I need to, I need to do what they're doing mm-hmm. and be where they are right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. And, and then it's like, no, no, like it comes with time. You're freaking 30 years old. I'm 28. Like the farm it, will come, you know? Yeah, totally. It's, and then the second thing is, in regards to marriage, I've been thinking about why, why are couples sometimes able to make it through like, you know, living in a trailer together, like a tiny apartment and they don't have anything and they're living on a small budget, but then they get divorced when the husband sells his billion dollar company or whatever. And I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if part of it is because the, the, the dream is there like, Oh, like someday we're going to be living in a house like that or be driving a car like that. And, Mm -hmm. and when they, when they're both actively chasing that it's good, like it's a bonding experience and they're both on the same page. But then once it's, once they're there, you kind of reflect on what it took to get there as far as time and, and decisions and the groups of people that you you're now surrounded with who may or may not be healthy. And it's like, just always got dude it's always you got to keep it in check you, you always just got to be asking yourself like is this in line with what my priorities are which totally yeah you guys yeah. are setting a standard for keeping priorities um in order and keeping your family and stuff in front of work which is awesome yeah 
I'm sure we'll have conversations tonight about what we need to say no to now, which has been, which has been cool. <laughs> so thank you. That's encouraging. And, you know, back to what, what you guys kind of briefly mentioned before, I think that the Dave and Rachel Hollis um, situation, as unfortunate as it is, should be a serious mm-hmm. wake-up call to a lot of us in this space. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, uh, this... It's been a deep, this has been like a deeper conversation. This is what Sarah and I is like biggest. We're always deemed uh, like the two serious. Guys, we're, like, we're, we're just too serious. Believe it or not, we're like, tr- we're, we can't, like, we're just, trying to keep it somewhat <laughs> above. No, above we love level. it. Are you kidding? Uh, we're not, uh, it's, it's harder for us to like. Well, we joke about here. this. Our friends joke with us about this. We're not like the goofy. I, I guess sometimes you are more sometimes so I am yeah in certain elements, but like when you're having a conversation, like we go deep pretty <laughs> I'm a hundred percent light. I was always the yeah. guy where it's like, Ed, you don't want to talk to Andrew if you're looking for like a lighthearted, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get stuck <laughs> talking to him for five hours and by the end of it, you'll be questioning everything. Just you're like, yeah. I need therapy. Um, yeah. but you guys are awesome. It's great to talk to you guys again. Please, yeah. if you haven't yet, go purchase their book, right? And their marriage journal. Yeah. I yeah. love your I love your journal. We're just yeah. looking at it before this. We're we're ordering. We've already ordered. Awesome. Um, we'll send you guys one. We'd love to. But yeah, the the marriage journal, just real quick for those that don't know, is just it's really a communication tool. You can talk about the week ahead. You just go through six simple questions, but it covers a lot of the bases and it's just a way to connect, communicate, and grow in love with your spouse. And we have thousands of people are doing it now and it's been a phenomenal tool for communication so that's just, that. it's just at the marriage journal.com that's well, super cool we'll link that down below I, are you ending the conversation i feel like i mean i feel like we could talk to them for hours but it we're, has already been 45 minutes and yeah we're yeah okay, guys and the the whole the timing <laughs> of podcasts with you do do guests is, is such a funny thing because Aj and i are always like we always want to keep talking always like okay well, then, let's aim no. for 30 knowing it'll be 45 <laughs> but like could probably go longer but yeah. does our audience want that what time I is know. it and no, again the, it's like seven decisions you only have so yeah, many seriously right like it's a, you only have so many brain calories a day to spend on this is why all i wear is white and black shirts i read essentialism <laughs> by greg mcowan mcowan yeah. i don't know how you have you read that yeah super good book after that book i was like i'm not wasting another calorie the rest of my life on deciding what to wear we have enough decisions to make and uh <laughs> and the, like i just laid out seven decisions in this silly podcast it's so uh well we're we do the same thing because we're always in the middle of interviews and we're trying to like gauge each other's body language of like, oh, yeah. I could still, I could still ask more questions, but is it, is yeah. it time to wrap it? I don't know. But seriously, <laughs> you guys are awesome. We're going to do like a series together where we just talk about Super marital fun. therapy. Be, that, yeah. Over the summer. Now that it keep us fresh. On, on, they just shut down their podcast. I know, I know. You can't, you can't throw them into another series. You, you're saying no to things over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the next thing, right? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, by the, the way, heart. I was going to say that. Yeah, what's up? Dude, my bad, bro. I just cut you off how many times? No. Yeah. We, we had Rachel and Harold Earls on the show. Oh, and oh he cool. He mentioned something um, about a fly fishing trip, which. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Yellowstone got, now, and I want to do that right now. It, dude, so. it is incredible. We could throw a trip together. Jared literally had the time of his life. 
But I'm like, where's this the year, girl trip happening? Because I feel like there's all these rad guy trips, but yeah. I want to go fly fishing. There's yeah. so I'm, many guy trips. Let Jeremy talk. I, I cut him off too many times. Well, yeah. I was just going to say that trip got canceled, which is a bummer because of uh, all the COVID stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully next year it'll get picked back up. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I was going to say, Gary V, you know, he's another one of those guys where it's like, okay, you say a lot of good stuff, but if you listen to him for two weeks, you pretty much know everything he has to say but uh there's a lot of one thing he says that I, there's a lot of stuff he says that i'm also like ah, i don't think so but like the whole hustle mentality i mean like the whole is like they really adopted that hustle mentality and hustle leads to hurt no two ways about it um because it's, it's unregulated mm-hmm. if you adopt the hustle mentality you're unregulating the designed for rest we're designed mm-hmm. to rest it's how we enjoy pace and so if you're not resting, how can you enjoy the speed of, oh, we got a baby here. Oh, oh little cameo. Buddy. What's up, dude? That's something Gary V said, or one thing Gary V says that I do enjoy is he's always harping on the journey. Like you got to really enjoy it. Back to what you were saying earlier, Andrew, like the journey is like, because like the farm, sure, like we would love to have a farm one day. But if that's the ultimate goal, then what you said earlier was so good. Once we achieve it, it's like, you know, well, then what? Now it, what? Can be, it can't be like the goal. It just has to be a goal mm-hmm. for, you know, for the, for the relationship. But I think that's just an important point to make mm-hmm. because, you know, it's the same thing that happens with a lot of marriages with like kids. They make kids the goal. And then when mm-hmm. the, they, it becomes the glue of the relationship, then when the kids move out, so does the relationship moves out and they're stuck going, who the heck are you? And well, I think the goal just has to be aligned to a deeper purpose. Yeah. Like the, the goal can't yes. just be the goal. Like it has to, your goal has to have a purpose. So like your goal might be to have kids for what purpose? Your goal might be to buy a farm, but what's the purpose? Like mm-hmm. for what? Mm-hmm. Why? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the like Is it to honor God? Is it to protect and build your relationship? And B or C, is it to achieve the goal? Which if the goal had, had is achieved, it should support the first two, you know? Mm-hmm. But Pretty now we're getting strong. all crazy. <laughs> this is welcome to the second half of today's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, well, third episode broken into two parts. So. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your vacation to join us today. Oh, so yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation. Know, me too. We'll link all the stuff down below: the marriage journal link, uh, the, the love letter life, and all your yeah. social media. But awesome. I hope to talk to you guys soon. Appreciate the time. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you guys Thanks so for much having for having us. us.